Hello and welcome to the Odin's Light podcast. Now, I have to apologise that we haven't had an episode to you for a while. Um, it's uh, It's been up in the air, I think, trying to get used to this new normal, uh, just like everybody else. And it's... Um, it's taken some adjusting, and because uh, I've got a big family as well as running Odin's Light and other things, um, so yeah, it's been a sort of time of adjusting and um, getting into a new routine, I think, um, which we have done, and um, I think we're trying to make the most of of the way things are at the moment. Um, but we're back here with a new episode. And today I'm going to be talking to Kate Griffiths, who is a theatrical makeup artist. Now, Kate did all the practical SFX and the makeup, along with her assistant, Kaylee Walker, for the film Hosts, which is where I met her. The directors, Richard Oakes and Adam Leader, were keen to have practical effects rather than relying on CGI, and Kate absolutely delivered. She works in three different areas, film, TV and theatre, media events, private parties, and she does workshops. Now, the audio was recorded using Skype, which I guess is now becoming the norm for a lot of podcasts, but please forgive the quality of the recording. I know I seem to be saying this in a lot of episodes, and I guess I might be saying this uh, for a few more um, until things return to whatever normal is uh, is going to be after this um, this global event. I hope you enjoy finding out about what Kate does and uh, how she started a career in theatrical makeup. Kate, thank you so much for uh, appearing on the Odin's Light podcast. How are you? You're welcome. Uh, I'm actually really well. We're in a sort of weird time at the moment, um, but I'm fit and well. No work, but hey, that's all of us really at the moment. So, yeah, <laughs> all good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's pretty much the industry right now, isn't it? Yeah, so I, I kind of at the beginning realised that there's not going to be any work probably till about October. That's where I am sort of in my head. Um, so anything before October, I, I'm grateful for. And um, if it doesn't happen till then, then, you know, I'm good with that. We just got to ride it out together. Uh, I think you're right. So what is it that you do exactly, Kate? Let's let listeners know what Kate Griffiths is about. Okay, so my actual title is um, Theatrical Makeup Artist. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, um, I make people look completely different to how they normally look. Um, I, you can kind of sort of put my work into um, three different areas. So I do makeup for film, TV and theatre. I do makeup for sort of media um, like immersive events, um, editorials, brand advertising, private events, private parties, um, and workshops. So those are the kind of three main areas um, that I that I do work in, um, and they're all very very different. Um, and each one is just as exciting as the other. I love all three different areas. Um, so yeah, film and film, TV, and theatre. Um, big industry I, I work mainly with indie filmmakers um and specialize in horror as some people know uh, but it's not all about the horror 
um, TV, mainly sort of adverts and things, um, not a lot of TV work. In fact, I was just about to work on a big ITV production, but uh, that got cut um, because of the, the virus. Um, and and theatre, again, not a huge part, more film, I think, than, t- than uh, TV and theatre. So you mentioned independent film and television uh, and ITV. Who do you work with? What I mean is, would the listeners have actually seen your work on television or on film? More film, I guess. So I've been doing feature, I do mainly feature films, some shorts, but you'll find them mainly DVD, not the big screen cinema films. I kind of tend to steer away from big film production because you have to commit for such a long period of time. And I've I've never really wanted to do that. I don't I don't want to go away and work for six months or a year on a big production. I kind of that's that's not really been me. So that's why I like working with the indie filmmakers because you know two weeks back to back working on a film is really good fun. So yeah, that's that's where you'll find some of my t- my film work. And yeah. TV, sort of brand advertising, I guess. You might go into Boots and see um, a, a poster there with some of my work on or adverts such as like L'Oreal. I don't know if I can name things. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that, that's sort of basically who I work with in, in those industries. And then theatre, I do a lot of work with QDOS Entertainment um, and they run all the big pantos across the country. So um, they'll get me in to go and work with their top stars. I teach them how to do their makeup. Some of the um, some of the dames have been doing it for years, like Christopher Biggins. Um, he, he doesn't need my help, but I go in and, and sort it. Um, so, yeah, the the theatre stuff the panto stuff is just really good fun but it panto isn't just for me it's not at Christmas it usually starts in about August um we get yeah we get all the press stuff done so the media launches things like that so yeah my calendar kind of works out very differently to to everybody else's calendar for instance Halloween will often start in sort of June or July. So the brands, if they want to do some sort of Halloween advertising, they'll start off in June um, and get it all done then mm. so that they're ready to go sort of for sort of September, October. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And so it's more than making actors look pretty. I mean, you're, would you say it's more about making them look, you said different, but grotesque? Yeah, I I tend not to make people look pretty. <laughs> um, I, I guess because I've I sort of chose to specialise in in um, horror. I love it; it's absolute passion of mine. Um, but that's not to say that I don't do other, you know, just ordinary makeup. So if you're doing um, a film, and I'm the only makeup artist on the film, then obviously some of the actresses need their uh, the glamour side done. You know anyone will need a bit of makeup so yeah I do do that and then yeah so I've I've really sort of honed in on the horror industry because I guess when I started out there weren't so many female horror artists out there and and it was kind of made it my niche and yeah I just love it it's really good fun yeah how did you get into it by accident really (laughs) so I didn't come out of school thinking that this is what I wanted to do I didn't even know it was a job to be honest so I started out actually as um, in speech and language 
doing outreach in primary schools. So I did that for quite a few years. And then I, I reached the grand old age of 30 and thought, um, not really touching on my creativity. I kind of felt like I had a creative side, but didn't really know what it was. And I'd never done art or anything like that at school. But I found a course and I was just going to just do it as a you know, fun thing. But I took a year out and I really got into it. And once I'd done the special effects module, I just kind of knew that was going to be where I was heading. So when I qualified after a year, I, th- I thought, no, this is definitely something I'd like to do. So I started, I, I took about four years working like with amateur dramatics, going into theatres, doing doing anything for anyone. And in return, mainly for a credit or a photo or or anything. And then after four years, I was fortunate enough to have built up enough work that I could actually give up my real job. So, um, yeah, I gave up my real job in education, my pension, basically everything (laughs) and became a freelancer. And I haven't really looked back since. It literally took off. So I have been very fortunate because there weren't so many people doing it then. Um, Right. You know, I, I, I had a website. I made sure that I really got into social media as well. It was kind of when Twitter was beginning to get big um, and I used Twitter all for work and it pushed all the hits to my website. And so whenever anyone was Googling special effects or, you know, um, theatrical makeup, I, I'm sort of up there. And, and that's been the case ever since. So, yeah, I think having a good website behind me has really helped. Mm. And, yeah, so I haven't looked back and I've, God, I've been doing this 20 years now. Right. <laughs> yeah. how, how do you learn your skills? At the beginning, um, I did my year and then I started going to make up trade shows so at the trade shows across the country there were only two really they would have all the sort of top artists working there and I'd go to classes and watch people there weren't really the sort of YouTube tutorials then so I kind of picked things up then but you know as I developed my skills more and more it's really about trial and error. You know, I think, right, this is what I want to create. I know what materials I've got, uh, what I, I can use them for. And I just tried out loads of different stuff and it just works. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if I'm working on a film and they say, right, this is what I want, I just kind of rack my brains and think of the best way around it. Mm. Um, maybe it's not the way it's taught in college or but you know if it works it works so and you've yeah. got that practical knowledge from experience that you can draw on like, uh, more than a, a sort of a, an education in it in, in a sort of a classroom uh, yeah s- uh, scenario yeah I think and I, I, there's a big sort of question you know a lot of students contact me and say oh what should I do I'm, I'm in school uh, I want to do this as a job do I go to university do it do as a specialist degree get into debt and come out with that qualification or do I go and just try my luck and do stuff and, and just build my own stuff and there's I don't know there's not really an answer I, I can't answer it um, for me if I was employing someone I want to be able to see what they can do practically um, yeah. and you know if you can show me really good photos of some effects where I don't know whether it's whether it's real or not then I'll you know I'll take that artist on 
Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it has changed, I suppose, because there's a lot more material out there. There's so many people doing tutorials, as I said, on YouTube um, mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily need that degree. You know, it's always puzzled me. Uh, I, I did a creative degree um, in film and uh, yeah. I got I had I got the film theory background, which is excellent. But yeah. with the more practical work degrees seemed like the wrong path in my mind because it's a practical thing that you're doing so surely just practicing it just actually doing it that's the most important thing yeah and and I think working with someone like me that's got the experience and is working in the industry I mean the last thing you want to do is is go on a a course where the tutors aren't actually working in the industry you know they're in a classroom maybe they learned it but are they actually practicing it? Are they going out there, doing it on film, seeing it on the big screen? You know, there's, there's, it works so differently. And, and also materials change. Um, mm. You know, over the years, there's, there's such a different range of materials available now. And you need to keep on top of those. And you need to know how they work and why they work. And that's really about practice isn't it and and using those materials as much as you can rather than sitting and looking in a book and and reading about them that's my take on it anyway <laughs> yeah no i i think i tend to agree there's you know a, a, a uh, academic approach to education is right for some people in some circumstances but i just yeah. think a practical effect it's it just doesn't make any sense in my yeah do you find yourself looking at like gory images to find inspiration? Like, where does your inspiration come from? How do you totally. know that you've got something right? I have a lot of anatomy and physiology books. So I can't make up what's inside a body. I, I have to know what's inside a body. So if a director says, right, cut from there to there, I need to know what the inside is going to look like and how the blood's mm-hmm. going to flow so yes i have anatomy and physiology books but also my internet research is not nice <laughs> so if you look <laughs> at history uh you know I, I wouldn't want anyone coming in here and just picking up my laptop and looking at it because it's the only way you know you do yeah. have to find it um it doesn't make me feel sick or anything you know uh, I'm used to it, but there are some awful things out there to look at, and I look at them. <laughs> You've probably got a few agencies keeping their eye on you now because of that, that browsing history. Probably. I've often <laughs> wondered what the dustbin men think of me as well, because um, a few things end up in my bin, and I'm sure there's the odd head and hand in the um, <laughs> in the local <laughs> tip. <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, the other day on Twitter, I saw about um, fingers in the car and some, was it some, uh, you, the cleaner of the cars found them? <laughs> yeah, it was quite funny. I'd, um, I'd take my car down to the local car washer. There's like 10 blokes there. And uh, I gave them the keys and walked off. It's at the garden centre. And as I came out of the garden centre about sort of 20 minutes later, they're just standing there looking at me. And... Um, the boss man came over and he said, it's okay. I, I told them you're, you're, you're a nice lady. You're just a nice little lady. Um, <laughs> but what are, we found these in the car and, uh, my guy's really, really worried. And, uh, he showed me this box of fingers that, uh, <laughs> I'd used in the film and I'd completely forgotten they were under the back seat and, uh, they found them and they do <laughs> look real. fingers. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'd left the ring on one of them as well, like the uh, a wedding ring on. So <laughs> you wouldn't know, would you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what What do you think the best thing is about doing SFX? For me, artistic license. I just love it. I love being given a script and reading all the whole thing and thinking, oh, brilliant. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. Having a bit of artistic license, generally, most directors are kind of happy for me to really sort of go for it. So, yeah, I love that kind of freedom in creativity, but also the freedom in day to day, every day of my working life is different I never do the same thing day in day out I go to different places I meet so many different people I work with so many different people and meet some really incredible people it's just yeah I I love it it's not glamorous you know people think the film industry is glamorous it's far from glamorous like the makeup artist is nearly always first on set and last to leave Mm. um it's filthy dirty i mean i've worked in some weird places i really have um such as I'm, so i've worked in um a napoleonic fort out in the middle of the well not in the middle of the sea it was in the sea off the essex coast i don't know if people know it but it's um got this causeway that sort of becomes uncovered in the low tide and we took an entire film kit for four days and about 20 crew out there and we only had this tiny, tiny causeway to get back on. And one night I, came, I found myself coming back because uh, low tide was like at one in the morning, carrying kit boxes over this really bumpy causeway, thinking with a torch in my mouth, thinking uh, I might not make it to the other side. It's <laughs> kind of weird. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've worked, yeah. With, um, I've worked with animals, not not children, rarely children. I actually, yeah, no, some kids, but yeah, horses. Worked with some great horses actually. That was um, for a gig with the Scottish Tourist Board about Hadrian's Wall actually. Uh, so that was quite an interesting one. But yeah, loads of different different places. Yeah, all sorts of different things. <laughs> so if what I'd like to do is swing back to you saying about people contact you um, who want to get into it. They sort of ask for advice. Yeah. What can they expect from a career in uh, special effects? I think nowadays getting into special effects, first of all, is very different from when I got into it. Nowadays, because also the, the British film industry here is really taken off. Filmmaking in generally, um, we all know it's so much easier to be able to make a film these days. So there's a really big, well, there's a huge influx of makeup artists, basically. So it's hard now for anyone getting into the industry. Mm. So I think if you, you know, if you're, if you can get uh, an apprenticeship with someone or just go and shadow uh, um, somebody that's already there and has made it, then that's a really good way in. But it, it's hard. I wouldn't like to be that person now. I feel very grateful that I'm, I've sort of found my place and my niche. So you mentioned earlier that you do, you do workshops as well. Who's that for? Is that yeah. is to, to teach people? Is uh, what, yeah. what happens in one of your workshops? 
Yeah, so um, workshops are probably about a third of my work. I realised at the very beginning that students doing performing arts, drama uh, for GCSE and A-level, there's a, a, a module within the exam that touches on makeup. And of course, most drama teachers don't can't teach that part. So I found myself going into um, a lot of secondary schools to, to do that. And then the workshops really took off. So not just now schools, youth groups. I work with young offenders. I work mm. with students with severe learning difficulties because it's such a visual art. Mm. Uh, it, you know, it's it's got that shock factor, but the wow factor. And and to be honest, all young people love that. So, yeah, the workshops, have, they're a really big part. And I, I literally travel all over the country doing workshops and I, and I make them bespoke. So, you know, it's not just one package. What, whatever the school has budget-wise or need-wise, I, I can make it work for them. So, yeah, and I really enjoy that because that actually takes me back to my teaching part of my life. So I love being in the classroom and working with young people. So it's kind of the two the two work really well together interesting so i want to finish on a good one yeah what's the weirdest job you've had to do a couple of things spring to mind when i was asked to go to finland and work sort of in the north of the country so i, I off i toddled on a plane and train and got myself to finland to find that i was working with hugh jackman and oh, wow. I was, attaching, yeah, attaching his claws. So it was actually um, a promo just ahead of the last film, The Wolverine. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I had the claws and, and just had to sort of fit them onto his hand and put the flesh around them. And we were there for three days uh, doing a, like a 20-second clip. Uh, but that was really cool. Uh, and then uh, something else that sort of comes to mind, really, that was just bizarre was filming in Bulgaria uh, with um, a, a crew we'd not met before, but it was brilliant. We all got on really well. And we found ourselves up at this mountain in a very remote part of Bulgaria. We had a campfire going and we were busy filming. And we were on the edge of this mountain, steep ravine. And suddenly we heard a couple of cars coming. So we sort of doused the fire, sat there very, very quietly. And we heard people get out of the cars sort of literally just below us. And they um, started digging and they were digging. We could hear the shovels and sort of men's voices and something being taken out of a car, more shoveling back in and men's voices and doors shutting and then off they drove again. And and to this day, none of us know what was buried. Um, oh, my God. So that was just really weird. So there we were filming this movie and maybe something was being buried right below us. <laughs> but, oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So travel, it's been nice. So Finland, Bulgaria, bits of Europe. But yeah, I do weird things that all over. Really, it's not just abroad. There's a lot of weird things that people film here. And yeah, I worked. I I went to one job in uh, Walthamstow, and it was in a sex dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bizarre. It was actually for a next Netflix promo. And yeah, that was interesting. It wasn't a sex film. Uh, I'll just add that. Uh, but they needed the equipment there to film a torture scene. So that was quite intriguing. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, but eye-opening. The life of a makeup artist. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kate, thank you so much for your time, and um, I'm glad that you're you're well and uh, sort of weathering this uh, this crazy time. Yeah, we'll see it through. I think we're weathering the storm together, so let's just do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much again, and uh, we'll catch you again soon. Thank you. Good. Thanks. Thanks.